We're Aaron and Dave Tashin, co-hosts of the Mindful Educators Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to My EdTech Life. It is a pleasure to have you here on this beautiful Wednesday. It is midweek. Thank you guys all for joining us wherever it is in the world, on the map that you are from. As always, I am deeply grateful for your support as you always tune in every Wednesday and on Saturdays. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, my friends, because you guys are awesome and you guys just help us you know, just continue to grow and just wanting to bring you the best. And today we've got an amazing, amazing guest. And guess what? We just found out that we're pretty much about four hours away from each other, which is great. So I tell you that the world is a small place, believe it or not, in some way, shape or form. We are all connected. But I've got my friend KD here, otherwise known as Glam Techie. So today we're going to be talking about an amazing, amazing topic. An amazing conversation dealing with the hustle culture. What is the hustle culture? But before we get into this, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are joining us, if you post a comment today with hashtag hustle culture, hashtag hustle culture, all in lower caps, you will be entered for a drawing as we will have a giveaway at the end of the show. So again, all you need to do is type in hashtag hustle culture and you will get or have an opportunity to win a swag pack full of my EdTech life goodies. We'll make sure we get those to you anywhere in the world that you may be, even though they may take a while, but hopefully we'll get them there. All right. So let's go ahead and get started with our show. And Definitely just want to welcome our guest here, KD. KD, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited. This was the highlight of, of my uh, my week, so I'm excited. Oh, man. Well, I'm so excited, too. I'm glad to have you here and, uh, you know, just ha- talking about this conversation. But before we get into it, if you can just let our audience members and those that will be listening uh, just a little bit about your background and your context, you know, whether in education or your current, you know, job, whatever it is that sure. you may be doing. Just give us a little brief background and maybe, maybe throw in a little something interesting about you that most people don't know. Okay. Um, so uh, my name is uh, Chelsea, but I like to go by my initials KD. Um, I am the owner and founder of Glam Techie Digital. Um, I am still working full time, but I'm also a solopreneur. So I work in IT. I've been in tech for almost a decade. Um, I've been in it for nine years. I am a uh, systems engineer and I work in like dev and back end. And I created the Glam Techie, the Glam Techie business because I noticed that there was a gap for all minorities in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And I noticed too, working in corporate, that it wasn't a lot, it wasn't a high number of minorities. And so I created Glam Techie as a business and a space to educate and engage 
more minorities and to change those numbers and to encourage minorities to get into the field of STEM. Wow, that is amazing. Now, one of the things that stood out too, aside from definitely I am a big proponent of getting more more girls participating in STEM activities like we were talking about earlier, you right. know, with our STEM camps and so on. But the solopreneur, I had never heard that term there before. So I've learned something new. Well, I mean, being in the education field, it's like we hear like edupreneur. Yeah. I've never heard solopreneur. And that is something that is awesome. But, you know, everything, everything that you described, your experience and everything, like right now, like I'm already like zoned in on this conversation because now it's like, this is what it's all about that, you know, so today we're going to be talking about the hustle culture, which again, it's something that I learned about as yeah. I was going through Instagram. You had this amazing post that I read and I contacted you immediately. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I, it, it just really resonated. And, and I took a chance because I was like, I mean, she, Katie doesn't know me. Glam Techie doesn't know who I am or anything. But I'm messaging saying, hey, it's I okay. just read your message and it just really struck, like, just, it hit me hard. Oh, and I was like, awesome. wow. A lot um, of people like that post. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's also something that's, you know, just being honest. And sometimes that's so refreshing because oftentimes nobody talks nobody about those struggles. So. Let's talk a little bit about this, KD. What, okay. First of all, what is the hustle culture? I am so glad you asked because I recently found this out myself a few months ago prior to that post. But hustle culture is this mantra, this whole lifestyle about putting yourself in a deficit to get work done. It's like this poisoned reality that you have to neglect your sleep and your health to show that you're getting work done or that you're being productive. And, you know, if I, if I kill myself, as long as I look good on the gram, you know, I'm getting all of this stuff done. It's just, it's a toxic culture. And I feel like um, it's promoted a lot on social media as, um, and it's kind of, it, it kind of sad because a lot of people are buying into this and people think that they have to, you know, put themselves in a deficit to basically, you know, be productive. And there's a there's a way to be productive without impacting your health and your mental health. So I wanted to be vulnerable and I try to be the most authentic when I do post. And I noticed that, you know, being a solo entrepreneur and working full time, that there's a balance between two. And I was literally killing myself. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I got to get this. If if I put in the stories, I'm going to have this post done today. I got to get it done. And I'm like getting two and three hours of sleep or answering DMs, sending business emails. Like, and I'm like, okay, you need to slow down. Like getting up and like for work and then like getting three hours of sleep and like eye twitching. I'm like, okay, I'm not eating. I was losing weight, <laughs> you know? Um, so I was like, okay, I, I need to put a pause on this because this is starting to affect my sleep. This is starting to affect my health. You know, I was forgetting things and I just was like, okay, I, I need to take a pause and kind of reset. And when I did that, you know, usually when I'm going through experiences, I like to journal. And so I usually go to that to kind of 
pull ideas for my content. And I was like, you know what, let me, I'm gonna put myself out there and just kind of see if anybody else is going out there. But I, I really think it should be talked about more. Wow. I mean, everything that you just said right now just kind of describes many of us in, you know, to the T, a lot of educators that are out there that are continually posting, they're putting up content, whether it's small bite-sized tutorials or putting things out on the day-to-day. And then on top of that, balancing their daily job. And then on top of that, balancing family. And then on top of that, balancing anything else, it does take a toll. But I think, uh, you know, and I was just having a conversation with parents this this week talking about uh, digital detox. And it was just kind of perfect timing, you know, when we're talking about this. And, you know, it, it was interesting that a lot of the things that I read that I shared with them are things that I should be putting into practice too as well, you know, <laughs> with like everything that you're saying. I mean, oftentimes it's, I hear you about feeling that pressure of, like right now I'm on this, you know, kind of creative, like create one new thing every day, you know, trying to learn new things and posting it up and documenting. But sometimes it's kind of like, yikes, like, you know, sometimes you feel that pressure because you've got other things that pop up, but right. you, you want to continue going on through this because right. you don't want to break that streak. And, right. you know, you're, you're got to post every day and Hey guys, there's a show and there's this and there's that. Right. And I, I've had to always be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had conversations with my wife too. I was like, Hey honey, like if I show you how to use some of these platforms, can you like post stuff for me? Because <laughs> like it, it gets to that point. And she's like, yeah, sure. And, but I was like, no, I can't put her through any of that. But right. you know, it, it's, it is something that is very, that is not talked about a lot. And even though we may see a lot, at least in my in my side, you know, in the education side, and you see it, you know, on the corporate side as well, where people are just working, just like you found yourself in the education community. There are educators that are continually nonstop working because I need to post something. I need to stay in the eye. I need to stay in the loop. Right. I need to stay relevant. Uh, you know, God forbid, I don't get a like. You know, I don't get a comment. I don't follower. get this, a follower or I lose followers. And, you know, sometimes maybe we try and rationalize and say, well, I'm doing it to share with the community, you know, maybe finding an excuse. Did you find yourself maybe trying to rationalize, you know, what you were doing and say, hey, I'm doing it for the good because I'm promoting, you know, what, what was some of your thought process there? Um, absolutely. Number one was fear. Um, scared that I was going to, you know, I was going to lose momentum that you spoke about. Um, I felt like I, I was nervous about losing followers because I had gained such a great traction and I had goals for meeting certain criteria by like, oh, I want to make X amount of followers by this time. Um, fear of losing followers, fear of um, people losing interest and not really caring anymore, being fearful that my content wasn't, that my content would go stale if I was gone for X amount of time. So I felt like I always had to constantly produce something. If I didn't have a new post, I tried to make sure I had something in stories to kind of tide people over, to give me like a day to kind of get more content out in the midst of working and working weekends. Cause in IT, it's a 24 by seven job. It's not a nine to five, you know, you get called and something breaks, you got to get on and you have to fix it. But um, I think it was fear. It was imposter syndrome. Um, scared that, you know, people 
would think like, oh, why isn't she posting? You know, if she's if she says she's an expert in STEM and tech, um, being overwhelmed with like having to always do something. I, I felt like if I'm not producing, if I'm not creating, you know, I'm not productive. Fear of like, I'm not going to be able to grow my business and my brand. You know, I have to be consistent with some of my peers that are also in the STEM field. Um, it, it's just, it's, I agree with you hundred percent, Shannon. Thank you. Um, I just, that fear of like, just like, oh my God, they're, they're not going to think I make sense anymore. I'm going to lose. It's just fear. It was just really the biggest overarching theme is just like the fear of not creating. Wow. And so, yeah, and I mean, those are definitely challenges and, you know, even right now you're speaking of these things. I'm like, it's like you're you're speaking right to me and and even to a lot of people that are here listening like i mean shannon i know we've had conversations and mel who's joining mel's joining us from colombia shannon's joining us from the west coast in california so thank you so much for joining ladies and you know i, I the, they're they're great friends and we've always had those conversations you know that imposter syndrome that fear you know being relevant you know now with social media and everybody's just being connected. It's like everybody's trying to fight for you know, that space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fighting for attention. And it's, it's insane. It, it, it's like, and, and Instagram and I'm learning this and I'm just learning this too, is like Instagram is like an infant. It's like, you have to constantly feed it because the way people consume data daily it's like, you're only as good as your last post. And you notice like when you, you know what I mean? And so you notice when you post something, it'll kind of start to trail off Well, people, the likes will stop, the shares will stop and it just kind of sits. And it's like, people are just like sitting and waiting like, okay, what's next, what's next? And it's kind of puts a demand on you mentally to keep up with it. And you're, and I had to stop and realize that, you know, what's for me is for me and my customers or my future um, customers and people and opportunities will come when they need to come, but it's not going to be at the stake of my mental health anymore. And I have no problem putting a story out there and saying, Hey guys, I'm taking an Instagram break for a week. I just need a mental detox because it's a lot to consume. And I don't think people, sorry, that's my little Yorkie. No worries. It's all good. Um, But Oh goodness. Oh Lord. Um, that's my fur baby. (laughs) Um, but I just think that people, it's just this constant, it's like a machine. It's just like, it never stops. It's like, you always have to be feeding it. And some people are really into that, you know, that, you know, but I, I can't do it anymore. I have to balance. So now I do more content planning. So I will take a week off if I have to, and I will focus on content planning and um, a pick where he does exist. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I can, but I. He's like over there, and I don't want to like mess up the show. Hey, it's I, all good. hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Let's put him on. Yeah, let's put on the put on the Yorkie. It'll I mean, be, hey, oh, it'll, be he first, it'll be our first pet. It'll be our first pet. Come here. Okay, he's coming to me. Usually, he all right. He's gonna be, yeah. He's this is my son, um, Caden. Oh, look at him! <laughs> this is my. This is I call him my son. Yes, he has a middle name, 
Oh, look at that. Shannon, oh, he does exist. Shannon. <laughs> oh, man. He's so feisty. That is awesome. Well, he's calm now. He I think he oh. likes the camera. Yeah, he does. He has an attitude when he doesn't get attention. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's just that, you know, if you have to take time, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're like yourself, you know, you're building a business, your your podcast and your educator, you have to give yourself permission to take breaks because if you don't, it will it will kill you. I mean, literally, mentally. And you have to take those times and those breaks and followers, you might lose a few followers. Who cares? They're not, you know, you're the one that, that is having, you need the mental break. Like you just you have to do it. And then here we go again. Yeah, it's all right. No worries. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're saying right there, it does resonate. I mean, there, there's been a couple of times where I have taken a break, you know, just I think it was there was a two week break that I was off and just felt good just to recharge and everything. And then just kind of came back and came back at it full force and so on. And, you know, I just continue. I just would post every once in a while just to, you know, hey, you know, and all that stuff. But, you know, the the show, it. It is what it is. And I think I love what you said that sometimes we just really have to think about it. Like for this, this show, it's my passion project. So whether I get one new follower or if I lose a hundred followers, the show's still going to go on because it's something that I'm passionate about and bringing people on such as yourself to tell your stories and maybe even talk about like, I never knew about the hustle culture until I saw your post. And then now we're having this conversation to hopefully inform other people about you know, the hustle culture and, you know, and in the fact that just because you're always busy doesn't mean you're being productive or, or maybe, you know, educators where they work and work and work and they wear that as a badge, you know, of honor of, hey, I work till 3 p.m. doing this or 3 a.m. doing this. What did you do? You know, and you make other people feel inadequate because it's like, oh, like they're doing better because they're they're on their email. They're answering emails at this hour. I quickly <laughs> learned to just say after a while, you know, during pandemic and now it's like I'm eight to five. That's it. Like, you know, work wise, it's like, you know, we all need that that family time that to decompress and balance everything out. And so, yeah, it is It is a juggling act, you know, to say the least. I'm so glad you said that because I, I noticed that too, is like a lot of people um, brag about them hustling all the time. And, you know, I think it's all just a front because they're probably like exhausted and tired. They're probably the most exhausted people. And I feel like you're, I notice I'm much more productive when I take time to take a step back and in my hiatus, you know, I lost 10 followers, but I was like, Pfft. I don't, I don't care. I don't look at the numbers anymore. I'm more concerned about, I'm more concerned about the content I produce and I'm more concerned about my, my well being and my state of mind when I do it. Cause I feel like I create the best content when I'm rested, when I've taken breaks. And so I usually try to do like batch content where I was like, I'm going to work on 10 different posts today. Now I'm just like, I'm just going to focus on two. And I remember I had hired a, a social media strategist last year to kind of help me get my Instagram together. And she's like, yeah, you know, you need to be posting like at least three times a day, four hours apart. And I'm like, 
I don't know if I have time for that because I work full time and I include weekends and I'm trying to build my business and my brand. I don't have time to post three times a day. I can do maybe twice a day, like one in the morning and one in the evening. And now I just do one. If I have one good solid post a day or two good solid posts a week, I'm perfectly content with that. Does it mean I'm less successful? Does it mean I'm less impactful? Absolutely not. Exactly. And, if, you know, I just. I, and I like what you're saying. Let's go back to Shannon. Shannon had a, a great comment here. It says here, when you take that time, do you model that permission by posting on IG that you are stepping away? Do you model that permission? Yeah, oh. I guess maybe. Yeah. Oh, so do I do I give my per myself permission to detox when I step away from Instagram? Is that what she's saying? Maybe or maybe like, do you post something that like says, hey, I'm taking a break? You know, do you post it out there, put it out there like, Hey, I'm on break, you know? Oh, I do. I, I, I do now. I do now. So, um, today was my first day back after maybe a week and a half. And so, um, about a week ago and it's, it didn't obviously doesn't show my stories now because stories only last for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But right when I was getting ready to take my break, I put a story out there about a week and a half ago that said, Hey guys, I'm taking a break so I can focus on my YouTube launch, which was absolutely true. Did I work on my YouTube right away when I took my break? Absolutely not. I took four, five days of a mental break to focus on other things. And then I started working on my YouTube actually yesterday and um, this past weekend. And it was amazing. Cause I was like, I feel like I create the best when I'm not under pressure and when I'm not doing it for likes and approval and people pleasing. And that's something I'm actively learning. It's like, I don't think that necessarily goes away in hustle culture or learning to move away from it mm -hmm. is you have to learn how to make yourself happy first before you can show up for other people because you can't mm -hmm. pour from an empty cup. You can't, you just, you can't pour from a deficit oh, and my so you can't. And, and the thing that's toxic about hustle culture is that it's kind of people pleasing, you know, it's like, I'm doing this for the likes. I'm doing this for the followers. I'm killing the game. And you're really, I mean, you may appear to be doing so, but I want to know how many hours you're sleeping. I want to know, did you have a balanced meal? Um, did you talk to any loved ones that you haven't talked to? How is your friendships? You know, I want to know what your social circle is like. I, I'm, I'm curious those questions when you're posting and all this other stuff. So no, you can't, you're the best when you are, when you're not people pleasing, when you please yourself first, when you have taken the time for you. And I'm, I'm still actively learning that, but it's, it's important. Wow. Like that's really <laughs> powerful. No, I mean, it, it is. And like I said, I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because right. for myself, this is something that I honestly really needed to hear. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, where your close friends might tell you these things, but it's kind of like, you know, sometimes when, when I tell my wife and she asks, like, oh, do, does this look good on me? I was like, oh, honey, you look beautiful. It looks great. And, oh, you're just saying that. But then they hear it from somebody else and it's like, oh, okay, I do look good. Well, it's kind of right. the same way with me in that sense. It's like, <laughs> I'm hearing it from you, somebody who's experiencing it, somebody right. who's living it. And I'm just, you know, taken by it. And and it's resonating and it's great. You know, I see AJ here. AJ's a great friend of mine. Uh, he's an administrator. And he says here, social media is improving our craft as educators, but also ruining our mental state. It's tough to find the balance between sharing and trying to gain followers. 
Oh, so, I, I have something yeah. for that. Um, and I'm learning this as well. So I, you know, I try to be as authentic as I possibly can, even on my social media, because I notice. But with that is you don't sweat followers. I feel like take that time to focus on why you started. I know it's it, there's this culture and this pressure to gain more followers and, and to stay relevant and to keep traction. If you can't worry about followers um, and if you know you're going to take a break, an extended period of time, say more than a week, say I need like 30 days, you know, take time, maybe a day or a few days a week and create maybe some batch content and start maybe automating posts so that even while you're absent, if you really are concerned about um, followers or that's how you make your money through ads or through followers and clicks and stuff and shares is create some sort of automated process to do the work for you or to not be afraid to reach out for help and find someone that can handle the post for you until you get back from doing whatever you need. If that's more time with family or if that's something to work on another project and get that up off the ground, but create a process that you know, kind of alleviates the pressure and the stress. And so that's something that I'm kind of, while I was away, I'm kind of exploring right now is um, I'm looking at apps where I can actually automate some of my posts so that when I, when my brain is like, okay, I think I've had enough. Um, I just can put something in the calendar on a schedule and it'll post it. And then I just have to paste in the caption and I can go do other things. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I, you know, I don't have enough capital to hire an assistant, however you have to work it. But that's my advice is just set up either a schedule or some sort of automated process that can handle that for you. If, if that is your concern. Well, that's some really good, really great advice there. Just planning ahead, having that calendar. And then like you said, you know, just create content or repurpose your content too. I mean, if you're doing, you exactly. know, podcasts, if you're doing a live show, create, like I do, I, I create the little subtitle clips. So now I have a library of subtitle clips that at any time, if I just say, you know what, I, I didn't do it though for this, but hey, here's the one for this last show. And then go back to the older shows and go back to previous guests and things of that sort. Just little things like that. Building that library really does help a lot and so on. But yes. Shannon, Shannon's got another comment here, a great comment. It says here, for those that are hardcore hustle people, do you suggest an accountability partner on the path to breaking from those patterns? Ooh. Wow. Ah, <laughs> I say yes. Yes. Um, somebody that's trusted that, you know, not someone that's going to push you back into bad behavior, someone that's trusted, like you, you let them know upfront, like, Hey, I need help with balance. Can you help me when I'm tempted to want to go into Instagram? I, I say yes. I, I think two are better than one actually. But my two, my two right now is I actually, my two is actually my iPhone. This is my accountability partner. So <laughs> I was watching this YouTube video um, last week where they talked about um, there's a setting that I didn't even know existed on iPhone where you can put timers on your apps so that you are only in that app for, okay, your time's up for the day. So I have a timer on Instagram set for 20 minutes and that includes my posts. So usually I try to have my posts ready before I even go on Instagram. So I'm not spending 20 minutes 
so I can reply to DMs if anybody has follow-ups so I can answer and like comments and really talk to people. So that's what, or scroll or look at a few people's stories and respond to those to, you know, to, to maintain the authentic connection with my followers. But this is my accountability partner is I have it set for like a timer. It's like 20 minutes is up, girlfriend, better luck tomorrow. So yes, I do think it's important. And, yeah. and that partner could be technology or it can be another person, whatever yeah. floats your boat. <laughs> I love that. That is such a great strategy. And that's definitely something that even myself am personally going to look into because, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. You know, just being consumed with trying to posting and cross posting and making sure that everything's shared and so on. It could definitely be very time consuming, very time. Like, I mean, even right now, like after the show's done, it's like, all right. Got to download the audio, got to upload the audio, and then now I got to create the post on pod page and everything. So that's at least another 45 minutes or so that I'm going to be working on uh, of additional work. And, you know, but again, it's my passion project. But but I think that, you know, what you have shared is something that, hey, you know what? I mean, it shows up. It's up on YouTube. I mean, people can rewatch it there. If I don't get to the audio and post it up tonight, I can do it tomorrow or, exactly. you know, it, it's, it's there. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of, I guess, don't let, don't let all this control you. I mean, you control it. You're controlling those circumstances. You're controlling those apps. Don't let them control you. So exactly. yeah. I do the same thing for Twitter. I do the same yeah. for Twitter. I think Twitter is like 15 minutes. So I only really go on Twitter to see, you know, if there's any follow-ups or messages mm-hmm. or to post like, you know, affirmations and stuff like that. Um, I'm not as active on Twitter as I am on Instagram, but I, I do go on Twitter and like, you know, check people out and stuff like that. Nice. Good. Well, Hey, you know what? That, that is some awesome, awesome stuff that we were talking about the hustle culture, but, but I also want to talk a little bit about what you do as far as, you know, advocating for STEM and, you know, women in STEM. I want to talk about that too. So this is great that it's kind of guys, we, we get a two for one today with KD. We had a great half hour conversation about the hustle culture. And now, you know, the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about, you know, the way that she advocates, advocates for women in STEM. So I'm really excited about that. So Katie, tell us a little bit about that. Where did, where did your passion for this come? What, what was that, that first moment when you said, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to share this message. I want to share it with women. I want to empower women through STEM. Oh my God. I'm I'm trying not to cry. Um, So I, I initially had the vision back in 2019. So that's when I created the account, but it is my Instagram account. And it is no way near, it was no way near aesthetically pleasing like it is now. Um, I, the thought actually came in 2019. And at first I just wanted to create uh, Instagram that just had affirmations. It wasn't even about, it was about encouraging minority women in science, technology, and engineering, mathematics. I just wanted to post affirmations. I didn't even want to talk about technical stuff, right? And then I went on some other Instagram pages that did affirmations, but they did it well, and they did it better than I did, and they were branded, and it looked so pretty. And I was like, okay, girlfriend, you're going to have to pivot a little bit. And so um, I, I, again, you know, kind of correlating the hustle culture. So in 2019, I just kind of stepped away and was like, let me go back and revisit. What is it I'm trying to do? And then um, I had to kind of put a pause on that. And then 2020 is when I took it last year 
and took it serious last year. And I was as far as branding and what I'm trying to do. And um, I decided that I noticed in my experience in corporate America and even in the hiring process, because I used to recruit um, with my company <clears throat> to my alma mater, Arizona State. And I noticed even in the hiring process, there's not a lot of blacks. There's not a lot of Latinas and Latinos. There is not a lot of uh, folks from the AAIP community, um, the LGBT community. It's it's very, very small and that there's a little bit of hiring bias. And so um, when I noticed that gap initially, I was going after minority women and I wanted to change the perception that there is lots of great talent in the minority pool, in the black community, in the Latin and Latino community, in the AAIP community, the LGBTQT community. There's no shortage of talent in the minority pool. And so what Glam Techie is, <clears throat> my business is to encourage the minority community to tackle really complex technical concepts, but through engaging content and breaking it down in a way that's understandable. And so um, I do a lot of things for coders, but now I'm kind of taking a step back and I'm like, I want to reach people that don't code because there's people that want to be in tech, but they don't want to code. And they're just as valuable as people that do code. Project managers. I work with brilliant project managers. I work with brilliant scrum masters. I work with people that are brilliant at marketing because they're just as important as technical people that sit and code. So, um, and at first it was women and now I just kind of decided to include males because I look at my Instagram insights and my emails and half of them are from males and asking me questions about how did you get started? So really it came from realizing that there was a gap with minorities in the hiring process as well as in corporate. And number three, um, personal experience in college was there wasn't a lot of minorities in the engineering and the computer in my computer programming classes. Um, it started off with 10 girls and it was, it was a mix. It was, um, it was Caucasian. There was three blacks, um, two Latinas. And I can't remember. I think the other girls were South Indian. And by the time I got to my senior year, it was just three girls. And I was one of those three girls. So it, over this time, it just kind of dramatically dropped. And so I noticed too that um, a lot of minorities um, are not going after or kind of intimidated to go into STEM because they think they don't have the knowledge or they don't think that they have the skill set or the aptitude to study science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And so on some of my posts, older posts, I, I try to demystify some of those stereotypes and those myths about, you know, myths about programming was, oh, you have to be great at math. You actually don't because programming is all about logic and reasoning. Um, you have to be a guy. No, you don't have to be a guy. You know, it, it's not gender bias, it's, it's skills. And it's um, just breaking all of those myths about what people think that working in tech is, is regardless if they're going after a programming role or a non-programming role. So I try to attack those things that people don't really talk about in tech. And so I, that's kind of what I'm 
working towards is I'm trying to create a community or something that's bigger. And uh, eventually I would like to go after like youth as well. But right now I'm just kind of going for um, high school till like forties or forties. Cause people change careers, you know, it's a people, yeah. people go into programming and they decide, you know, I like project management better. I don't miss or vice versa. So I, I want to get, I want to get that audience. You know, and that's great. I mean, the, the what you just shared, that passion, you know, and, the, you know, for myself, like we were talking, you know, prior to the show, you know, for me, you know, our STEM camps that we did during the summer, you know, slowly became more like a 50-50 split, you know, where before they first started, it was, you know, mainly boys, you know, and we would only target, you know, the, the I think it was fourth through sixth. We only did fourth through sixth grade, you know, before or going into junior high. And I just wa- had a passion just for for just sharing STEM and in my classrooms. And, right. you know, the, the girls had so much fun with the programming and, and then the boys. And then we would meet, you know, with our code club and then that grew. And what I loved seeing is just that progression that later just became pretty much a 50-50 split. And it was great just to see them pumped and ecstatic about, you know, STEM. And then later hearing that once they go into junior high, they were doing some of the, I guess they're called like project lead the way courses, you know, some of the engineering, they're touching some of the robotics and then going into high school. And then now they're, they do uh, the first Lego or actually first, you know, with the robotics and competing. And I think that is just so great and wonderful that we've got girls that are, you know, out there programming. And then of course that we've got, you know, you, you know, advocating and just trying to get everybody to just be comfortable, amplify, you know, STEM, bringing it to them and introducing it maybe like you said, in a way where, you know, maybe if the, if coding's not your thing, well, let's talk a little bit about this. There's let's talk a little bit about that. And I think that's something that's wonderful where you're amplifying that and you want to amplify, Amplify the opportunity, exactly. you know, and that's what I love. So that's awesome. Thank so you. how about your, as far as your experience, I know you talked about, you know, Arizona state, that's mm-hmm. where you attended, but did your, did your love of STEM or your, you know, that path that you wanted to follow as far as, you know, what you're doing now, did that start? Maybe was there a specific teacher? Was there a specific class? Was there a specific moment where you just said like, yeah, you know what? This is it. This is what I want to pursue. This is that is an excellent question. So this is this is going to be fun. This is like a plot. It's like a plot twist. So in the beginning, I was not um, I wasn't interested in STEM in the beginning. I actually wanted to go. uh, This was back at like my sophomore year high school. And um, I was interested in fashion design and marketing. And um, I remember the Art Institute, I think, I can't remember if it was the Art Institute of Los Angeles or the Art Institute of San Diego came and did a presentation. And I I had been watching like a lot of, that's kind of like, you know, early 2000s where a lot of people were like watching reality shows, Paris Hilton, and was kind of like taking, this is like pre-Kardashian stuff. Oh God, I can't believe I gave him free press. But anyways, um, I was, I was actually interested in fashion and marketing. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to design for all these celebrities. You know, I'm a very creative person. I love visuals and doing graphic design. So I was like, this is, that's actually the path that I thought I was going to be on. And then my parents started, um, there was a lady at my church that was hosting a, a science 
math and programming workshops for youth from the church and from other churches at her house and then taking them to field trips to community colleges and universities to talk to engineering students. So it was like a kind of like a program. And my parents um, got me involved in, in that. And they were just like, oh, just try it out. You know, they weren't trying to push me towards anything. Um, and then I, there was like, like the robotics, like you were talking about, there was, there was robotics programming. Um, there was labs. It was just kind of cool. I liked the whole collaboration. And then that kind of was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. This is kind of cool. Okay. I think I like this. And, um, I think that was part of the spark. And then the other half of it was, um, I feel like tech chose me, but I didn't choose tech. I know that sounds crazy, but, but the other half of that was I was actually like unofficial help desk for my family. So I was always the go-to person to help with like cell phones. Remember the Nokia phones with snake and yes. stuff. And it's like that stuff's so ancient now, but I remember those days. Oh my God. But I would help them with phones and then it kind of morphed into helping them set up their printers, getting their router set up, installing software in their computer. Like I kind of became the like, you know, I remember my aunt like FedEx me her phone because she was so intimidated about like how to, I was like, are you serious? Like I'm in college. Why are you, you know, you could like Google this, right? You just go into the store and do it. And she's like, no, I want you to do it. I don't trust them. I'm like, they sold you the phone. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So um, it, it started off with tech support from my family and then being introduced in a program, in a, a STEM program by my parents. And then that's when I was like, my junior year, I was like, okay, I think I can, I think I can do this. I, I want to give this a try. And that's when I was like, I'm going to go for, for computer science and information systems. I think I want to do this. This thing, this seems cool. So that's kind of how it started. <laughs> wow. That is a pivot right there. From yeah, passion, pivot, right? passion, marketing, marketing, and now going into computer science, yes. information systems. I mean, hey, but hey, now you're mixing the boat. I mean, Glam Techie, you know, right? You it can. is, yeah. We're I love friends, it. Friends. We're friends for life. I love it. it yeah, is. for sure. Because there it is. It's the glam techie. You're still bringing in the best of both worlds. You've exactly. got, you know, the fashion, you know, and then, of course, you've got the tech. And you, that's amazing right there. That is a great balance. I hope to incorporate a little bit. I'm kind of planning a little bit of the fashion on my website when I do my launch. Um, what's taking so long is I'm um, I'm in the works of getting a photographer so I can do professional photos. So, but you you get it you get the vision yeah i i totally get it i totally that's why like we see eye to eye because that's the same like just the, my passion for technology all of that i i actually in education i like i would people have heard this so many times i never wanted to go into education i wanted to be in business nice. and i followed my dream into marketing but then i fell into education and fell in love and i've been able to mix both worlds what i learned in the world of marketing has significantly played an important role in my success in the classroom because it's you're selling you're selling well you're selling the subject but you're selling yourself your customer service too as well getting to know your students and i often use the line i said you know i've been person i've been i've been doing personalized learning before it even became a buzzword you know, back in the day because of marketing. But, you know, that's just a joke that I have, but it does help a lot. So I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with marrying two different worlds that may not 
people may not see that they go together, but you know, there's a lot of things that are connected, believe there it or not. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. So did you, so was it being in the classroom that you were like, oh my God, I want to do tech or STEM education in the classroom? Yes. Actually, being in the classroom, what I started to do is I started, you know, dabbling with social media. And then that's when I discovered, you know, Twitter and Instagram. And then that's where I discovered, you know, STEM. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't even know that this was a thing. And then I was like, oh, let's do coding. Oh, hour of code. Okay, let's try that. And then, you know, I would follow uh, Brian Espinal, who was actually a guest. Uh, he had his Codebreaker book. And then I was like, hey, makey, makey kits. And then all of a sudden, I just started getting a bunch of stuff to incorporate into my classroom. And since I did math and science, I mean, my students for science, they were programming on scratch. They were programming their own little program to say if this is a conductor or not a conductor. Oh, so awesome. my class was real hands-on with those makey-makey kids. So the students would learn that programming. They would program their own solar systems using uh, makey-makey kids. They would they created their own star reviews using Scratch where, uh, you know, I had the students, they would put the, the image of, uh, they had uh, the water cycle. So one of my kids, brilliant. I mean, you know, it's amazing what students can come up with as long as you put the tools in their hands and you just give them the opportunity to create and to shine. And then they, that, that coding bug just bites them. I was blown away when he's like, sir, check out my water cycle. And I thought it's like, okay, cool. Well, he puts the Chromebook sets it on the table. was, what's he doing? He stands in front of the Chromebook and I'm looking at the screen and all of a sudden he goes here and there's an image of a cloud and then you get the definition like condensation, precipitation and any any little thing that he gets near, it it brings up. And so we used it as a star review where students would take turns just standing in front and then just getting oh to see God. a water cycle and doing that kinesthetically. We did the Ozobots for programming. Um, the Makey Makey kits were great where the kids would, like I said, that we would do a uh, the little we would do math with that where uh we would put uh little connectors so as they fill up the the scratch uh program would say okay you're at a quarter you're at a half you're at three-fourths so mm-hmm. we would fractions doing that and so it was amazing it's amazing you know what you can do in the classroom and but just taking a chance and taking a risk because I, i'm not an expert at any of that but just my passion for it and just for giving students an opportunity and a chance to discover something and them to create. Oh my goodness. It it was, it's amazing what students can do if you give them an opportunity. Yeah. And you know what you, you may not know this, but you're planting seeds in them and there, there might be some few students years from now that might come back to you and be like, Oh my God, I remember my teacher, um, Fonz and, I remember doing the coding class and now I decided I want to do programming and I have a niche niche for programming. So you never know, like you never know. Yeah. And so, and that's the thing I had a conversation. It was uh, not this Saturday, but I think it was on Wednesday. We were talking about actually no Saturday morning prior to the show. I was a guest on a, on a podcast and I was telling them the story of, it was a substitute teacher. It it wasn't my actual teacher, but 
I have never forgotten to this day. His name is Mr. Rodriguez and he passed away a couple of years ago, but still to this day, I remember him. I was in uh, ninth grade biology. He would come in and of course, teacher would leave the lesson plans and he's old school. He just came in. He goes, nah, let me teach you some of the real stuff that you'll need and that you'll never forget. And I never forgot that on the board one day he just came in and he wrote C. Hopkins Cafe. And he goes, this right here, guys, is all you will ever need to know for the rest of your lives, you know, when you're doing science. And we're like, what? C. Hopkins Cafe? He goes, yeah. He goes, those are the seven elements that the human body's made up of. That's all you need to know. And I was like, okay, C. Hopkins. So it was like carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, um, potassium, iodine, nitrogen, and, uh, you know, whatever s's i forget you know i still I, I forgot some of those but so i never forgot that and that was that seat that was there in ninth grade so ninth grade i'm about 14 i ran into him maybe when i was about 26 27 i ran into him he was already an older gentleman i ran into him at a doctor's office and i saw him getting up real slow you know and you can tell he wasn't doing well, but he went to yeah. go drink water. And I went up to him and I said, Mr. Rodriguez. And he kind of looked at me and kind of like not knowing, you know, yes. And I was like, I know you don't remember me. And he's like, son, he goes, I don't remember much at this age. And he was just feeling very and and just, you know, I guess a little tense or something. He didn't know what was happening. But I told him, I just want to let you know that. I have never forgotten what you taught me in ninth grade. And I and I told him, you taught me C. Hopkins Cafe. And his eyes teared up. Oh my it God. was it was one of those moments that to this day, you know, it, it, it that right then and there, Mr. Rodriguez gave me an example of what my passion, my purpose is. And it's like you said, you're planting that seed that you're not going to reap what you sow right away because like any tree, it takes time to grow. But when that tree grows and it starts bearing fruit, one day, maybe one of those students, you know, will come up to me and say, hey, I remember you taught me this. And that's what education's all about. And, and I, I, that's what I love about it, you know? And so the same for you in the sense that, you're giving people, and you, like you said, from high school all the way to 40, maybe people that want to change careers, exactly. people that want to go and dabble into the world of coding and things, you're giving them that opportunity and you're planting that seed. So, I mean, who knows the next programmer, the next solopreneur that may go and grow uh, because of just the opportunity that you gave them, exposing them to something that build that passion. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> right. I, I know. I, I plan to, I plan to, <clears throat> excuse me, I plan to do more, um, you know, like once I launch my website, like working with nonprofits, I would love to work with nonprofits. Um, and, and I would actually like to do scholarships too one day. Um, I would absolutely love to have like give away two or three scholarships to, you know, three minority students, you know, whether they're going to college or, something that they're trying to launch and to invest and pour into them that may not be as privileged or may not have the resources. I would love to do scholarships one day. Um, so I'm just kind of doing a, 
one kind of stepping stone at a time, but I'm definitely for sure. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, I mean, if there's any way that I may support, I don't know if I can support monetarily, but in anything, you know, whatever it is, you know, I mean, we're only four hours away. Maybe I know. By right? that time, hey, you never know. Maybe by that time, you know, by, by that time that you start doing the scholarships, who knows? Maybe all of a sudden yeah, the show takes off it. and everything. And then we can, I can definitely, you know, help and support that cause because that's something that I'm definitely, uh, you know, a big proponent of and passionate about too. Just STEM education, STEM related yeah. fields and giving people an opportunity. So I love what you're doing, my friend. Katie, thank you so much today for this amazing, amazing conversation. And we, this is, a, I think this is a first, we got a two for one. We got the hustle culture and we got some glam tech in. So, oh yeah, there you go. So really excited about that. And Katie, I know, you know, thank you so much for just being an amazing guest and thank you so much for what you do, your presence online and what I learned today, you know, about the hustle culture and, you know, sometimes it just kind of gets me to thinking and, you know, maybe kind of changing some things up for, for my own good Absolutely. and things of that sort, which is Automation. not bad. We got to put ourselves first sometimes, Absolutely. but thank you. And I, I did put some of the posts here as far as where people can find you on Instagram, on Twitter, okay. but is there anywhere else that our guests can find you something that you want to share with them? Um, no, I think, I think that's good. Um, I don't have like, um, I'm currently in the process of trying to film another YouTube video. Like I literally just launched my YouTube. Um, so I am on YouTube tech with glam techie, but, um, I guess I want to wait until I have like more videos, but if they want to come check out my first video, they can, but, um, I think Instagram, Twitter, and then if they want to get in contact with me, the glam techie contact in bio is fine. Perfect. Well, I've definitely been popping that in. I just put in the glamtechie.contact in bio on awesome. there. And uh, and like I said, Katie, today, this is the first time that I'm actually doing this drawing thing here on uh, StreamYard. And I think most of those entries are probably mine uh, just because I was testing it out. But we'll see. Okay. Let's see what we can get. Let's okay. see if we can share this here to our screen. And okay. so let's go ahead and do our drawing here. Okay. Let's see if we can get anybody here. And oh my goodness, they're all me except for <laughs> Mel. Was that Mel? Mel. Oh my goodness, land on Mel, please. <laughs> no, uh, that can't win. I can't win. Let's draw one more time. <laughs> Let's see if we can get Mel. And Mel, um, she'll yeah. have another. She'll have a second set of stickers <laughs> that'll be going out to her, anyways. But again, this is the first time that we're we're trying this. But Mel, you're gonna. I, I don't want to say by default because you're you're cool and all, but you you definitely deserve these stickers. So you're gonna get some stickers headed your way. Uh, so that'll be good. But Katie, it's been a pleasure. It's been an Thank honor. You. Thank you so much for what you taught us today and just really being honest about how the hustle culture really did have an effect on you and its toll. But you're you're definitely a force to be reckoned with, and I look forward to your future projects, my friend. And Thank anytime you. that you want to collaborate on anything, you let me know. Cool. We're only four hours away. And as usual, now you're part of my PLF, my personal learning family. So at <laughs> any time, whenever you get that launch, that YouTube launch, or maybe you're working on another project, you always have an open invitation here on the show 
So you just hit me up and we'll definitely schedule it and we'll make it happen, my friend. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too. I am so thankful to God that we were able to connect and stuff. I am. And let yeah. me know if I can promote you and what you're working on as well. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Most definitely. Okay. So to all our audience members, thank you so much for joining us today. Those are friends that are going to be rewatching or listening to this again. Thank you so much for making my EdTech life what it is today. So don't forget to visit us at myedtech.life. Go ahead and check out all of our previous uh, shows and you'll definitely see the evolution of the show and how it's grown and getting better. But my friends, I'd love to hear your feedback. If you can, on the nav bar, just go to rate show, give us a rating, give us some feedback, contact us, let us know what it is you like we're doing, what it is that we can improve on, because that's the way that I can only get better and bring you better and better shows each time. So I definitely appreciate that feedback. And we will see you here Saturday morning, my friends, with the amazing and very creative Katie Fielding, who's going to be joining us this Saturday. So don't miss out on that great show. And as always, my friends, until next time, stay techie.